1: Well, hi, welcome back. I'm Sheldon McLeod. This is Thinking Out Loud presented to you here at the SaltWire Network. And uh, you know, there are a lot of times as a communicator, I will sometimes have to pause and say, okay, uh, they didn't get it. They didn't get what I was trying to get out. It didn't make sense or I didn't say it the way I had hoped. And that's sometimes on me. There's some concern over communication uh, in the Lunenburg area right now in the town of Lunenburg. And it's something that's starting to percolate a bit on social media and obviously now making its way out to uh, mainstream media. And it has to do with requests for proposals uh, that went out earlier. It has been extended. Uh, They are accepting these proposals for development at Blockhouse Hill in Lunenburg up until the end of March. This is March 7th, but March 31st it has been extended to. And again, I'd said, I don't know whether that means there's a lot of interest or a little interest. I'm not in a position to comment on that, but I do know someone who is, and he is the the mayor of Lunenburg, uh, Matt Risser, who spent time on council prior to becoming the mayor in 2020. Uh, Mayor Risser, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you for having me, Sheldon. It's always nice to talk to you.
1: And uh, just to kind of set the stage here, um, 22 acre parcel of land known as Blockhouse Hill. People may be familiar with it from the campground or maybe uh, from the parts of the Lunenburg Folk Harbor Festival. Mm -hmm. And there's a sense there's a concern that this property is now going to become developed and and people feel that they've been left in the dark. What, What can you say to the process that's been underway here?
0: yeah so i think the process has been extensive there were development schemes for that hill going back to i think at least 2002 uh, and the uh, previous land use regulations we had we just updated them in 2021 the previous land use regulations we had also slated that parcel for residential development Um, we as part of redoing our land use regulations undertook uh, a comprehensive community plan process which uh resulted in you know almost two years of consultation it began i believe in february 2019 um uh so we had monthly workshops you know of which housing was double the attendance of any other workshop so it was identified in the plan as a key concern mm-hmm. um and then when we did the land use uh, regulations when they were approved obviously you have to go through public hearings and provincial approvals and that kind of thing um but we also went above and beyond in terms of extensive consultations, both online and in person uh, to reach a draft. And uh, I believe we sent twice uh, letters to every uh, house in town letting them know uh, what we were doing. Um, Obviously during that process, uh, housing was identified as a key need that led to a significant upzoning in our land use regulations um, because we have a real deficit of multi-unit housing and led to, you know, specific nodes. Um, the yellow ones that are behind me on the map, there are being identified for potential housing growth. Two of those nodes um, were townland, and so we uh, we identified them and and have been undertaking a process to uh, to get designs uh, concepts ready for public consultation for further public consultation um, mm-hmm. before divesting of those properties.
1: Uh, this is a, an appendix in that uh, request for proposals that I have on the screen here right now. Obviously, for people listening, they can't see this, uh, but you're describing, you know, some of this area that is now there are certain property identification numbers and, and you talked about the plan. And, and I want to play something for you. I, I spoke with a Lunenberg resident who lives close to Blockhouse Hill and um, just going to play a little bit of that for you, if you don't mind.
0: I'm not saying that everything council decides should be up for a plebiscite. We don't want to subject that or ourselves to, you know, always running to council. But on a decision of this uh, magnitude, and given that the public appears to have been unaware of the change in legislation, it is really incumbent on town, the town council and the mayor to speak to us directly.
1: So, Lunenberg resident who was talking about the plan being developed during COVID, some of the consultations happened virtually, and that there's a sense that, well, rightly or wrongly, there are people who don't feel that the municipality, the town, has been completely transparent and open. So, what do you say to the residents who hold that position right now, Mayor?
0: Well, I'd start by saying that the consultations for Project Lunenberg started at least a year before COVID, um, and we did workshops once a month throughout that year. Uh, so the, the, you know, there's a tendency in politics when you don't like an outcome to try to delegitimize the process. Um, and I would say there was a, the, 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 process was the most extensive public consultation in the history of the town. There were opportunities under COVID for consultation, and we did have to move online at one point um, when drafts were being uh, presented, but there were still good attendance. Um, so the idea that this is, and, and this is, you know, the idea of residential development on that hill has been an idea on the books for 20 years. So the idea that this is somehow coming out of nowhere is, you know, for me, at least a bit mystifying.
1: OK, so just to to back up to the reference about legislation uh, and, and just briefly before we started talking uh, in 2002, Michael Baker, an MLA who was a cabinet minister, uh, put forward legislation to clarify the common land use at that particular part of Lunenburg, which has been in place since its founding in 1753. And then this concern or question about uh, 2017 when the MLA of the time, Suzanne Lones-Croft, brought forward an amendment to that. And I don't know about most people, I'm probably an outlier where I do pay attention to Hansard and what's happening, but a lot of people don't. So to that point, that reference to that legislation was the intention always to change it to develop Blockhouse Hill? Is that
0: your... So, so just to clarify, uh, the 2002 legislation, and, and we're looking into this as the town, uh, I believe refers to the common lands on Heckman's Island and the Blue Rocks area uh, to the east of town. Um, and if you look at Hansard, I think those were the areas that were, were referenced. So, the legislation uh, vesting control and management of common lands within the town uh, in council goes back to, I think it's 1887, Um, And so this, the the legislation in 2017 was initiated in 2013 Uh, as a result of, I think it was a provision that said we couldn't uh, lease land that was common land, you know, until, uh, for more than five years, right? We could sell it, but we couldn't lease it. Um, And so there was uh, amendments to that legislation um, that were initiated in 2013, uh, which came to fruition in 2017. Uh, I believe it was May of 2017, so it was before my time on council and before right. the vast majority of our current counselors' time on council. So, um, you know, that was that was done bef- long before I took office. Um, and,
1: and institutional memory is a huge part of reporting and news coverage, and I'm not going to criticize the media for not following this, because as you just explained, yeah. there, are, there are layers and nuances. I I, I get that. And that's the thought or the feeling that, um, that somehow something has been done to pull the wool over or to, you know, obviously Lunenburg Board of Trade was was renting or leasing the campground area. So, you know, I, I get what you're saying. And it comes back yeah, to- Yeah.
0: So, so just on that, Sheldon, I, sure. I want to express that So we had initiated a a lease renewal for three years with the Lunenburg Board of Trade. Um, At the time I took office, I think it was March, 2021. And so the lease comes due at March, 2024. And we had said to them at the time, like, this is our intention. This is coming out of our plan or the community's plan really. And so this would be the final um, renewal of that lease from the town's perspective. And so it was well known to them three years, you know, into the process uh, that they had three years and three seasons um, until the lease would be terminated um, because really a campground is not the highest and best use of that property. Um, it's uh, it's not revenue generating for the town and the taxpayers. Like most towns, we have uh, a lot of big infrastructure problems uh, to deal with and those cost a lot of money. Um, And we're going to be releasing a financial analysis uh, alongside our operating budget to give citizens a good idea of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're a town that owns an electric utility. Um, We have a lot of old buildings that are within our jurisdiction that have to be wrestled with. Um, We have uh, the wastewater treatment plant uh, was deteriorating until we got, you know, $7.3 million, thankfully, from the other levels of government yesterday. Um, and we're putting in 2.6 of our own to renew the treatment plant and support growth. You know, I'm on the public record as saying the next uh, 25 years for towns is going to be densification or dissolution. So in Lunenburg, we're really trying to take the the approach of, of densification. And we need to densify as Lunenburg because, you know, the, the external demand, Lunenburg is a very high demand town to live in because it's very uh, beautiful, as we all know, and it's a great town and it's UNESCO. Um, but that's created a huge wave of external demand that's pushing people out of town or making it unattainable for people. And even people I went to school with who've grown up here, you know, and, the, and that's just sad to see. I talk to major employers and all they want to talk to me about is housing because they're losing employees because they can't house them. You know, so the whole continent is in the throes of a housing crisis and some things that were, you know, uh, in the past perceived to be valuable. Um, either aren't valuable based on the opportunity cost of what else you could do with things or, you know, they have to be wrestled with because the, the economic realities of towns are harsh.
1: I, I want to go back to something you said, that in many ways a political argument becomes a way or, or, or will lead people to delegitimize or try to delegitimize the process. There's a steep hill to climb, though, in this information age where everything's coming at us at all times to say I missed it. That's on me. Mm-hmm. What is the onus on the municipality to say that every single possible step to be to take was taken to keep the the people who live in Lunenburg informed about the plans for Lunenburg?
0: Yeah, I mean, you can always do better. Uh, it's it's communication is never enough, but you have to balance that against other resource needs that you have. As a municipality, we recently hired a communications manager to help us out with these official communications because we do, um, and that's a good thing, we have a very engaged town and and people are very passionate about Ludenburg, so they want to know what's going on, right? Um, But I, I would challenge our critics to find any municipality renewing a land use document or its MPS, or LUB or creating a strategic plan that did as much consultation um, per capita, as we did for, for the Project Lunenberg process, right? So, you know, sometimes things just crop up and people weren't expecting them, and and that leads to a bit of knee-jerk reaction, and uh, that's unavoidable. You you just can't, and I'm, I'm mindful of, you know, it was years and years ago that the old adage came into being that a misconception is halfway around the world before the truth can get its boots on, and uh, I think in the information age, that's just been accelerated
1: with the closure of this request for proposals in a few weeks time uh I, I did note in the document it says that those submissions will be subject to freedom of information requests so mm-hmm. how much going forward is public and transparent how much of what we'll see after the 31st of march uh, about the plans for blockhouse hill will be public knowledge
0: oh everything will will be as public before as we've been in the past so you know the the rfps were for palpable. we also did a piece on uh an extension of King Street, um, which um, all the RFPs for that were, were public because council had to approve um, the proponent. Um, so I don't know. We have a policy that requires uh, uh, projects of more than $100,000 to be approved by council if they're tenders. Uh, so this might be subject to that depending on what the bids come in at because uh, it's a fairly sizable chunk of land. Um, sometimes you have to keep Uh, RFPs, you know, private for proprietary reason. But what I can tell you is that the designs, uh, the whole purpose of this project is to get designs to submit to the public. Right. So I know there have been calls for a public meeting, but it's kind of pointless to do a public meeting until you know what you're talking about in the sense of having a design that is being proposed. So when that happens, theres it was always the intention and it's part of the RFP to note that public consultation processes will will occur.
1: And to that ask about a vote or some type of plebiscite, is that being considered in any way?
0: Not at this time, no, but and, I mean, people always, you know, I, I can't imagine this is all going to be finished um, prior to the next election. So, you know, people have an opportunity to vote then. Um, and, um, I've heard a lot of vocal opposition, but I've also heard a lot of quiet support um, for what we're doing. And so, you know, as any politician, we'll have to resubmit ourselves to the community um, to seek a further mandate. And if people don't like what we're doing, then it's up to them to come up with an alternative vision to to grapple with the the real serious economic realities that the town is grappling with and, and put that forward to the people and the people decide that's the beautiful thing about democracy.
1: And obviously there are people on the other side who will take a stand or will offer their opinion. And, and I shared some of that yesterday. I'm very grateful for you giving us some time to clarify what your position is, what the town's position is, and, and what this may look like as a future development. What what does Matt Risser envision? What is the council's vision of what will happen on that piece of property that's been, for the most part, uh, subjected to common use since 1753?
0: So uh, it's, uh, the vision is, I quote my deputy mayor, who, uh, who has a great line when, when talking about this, that his vision is broadly a 21st century hydrostone. So um, even though that area has been slated for residential development for, you know, 20 years or more, um, what we've done is rezoned it for higher uh, density uses, right? And so while we do have an obligation to dispose of properties unless it's to a offer for profit and market value, um, the affordability of that hill potentially would be um, improved by having a more compact and denser set of units, right, than would have otherwise been there had we not rezoned it. So it's zoned for medium density currently on the top of the hill, which is five units a lot, and, uh, and for high density on the bottom of the hill, um, which would allow, for example, low-rise apartments. And the other thing that people don't um, often understand, and it's difficult, is that, you know, the whole town is a housing market. So, you know, if we provide those multi-unit options for, say, um, older people to downsize into, then that might free up housing stock, you know, all over town, and we've seen that. And we have a real deficit of multi-units if you look at the census data. So, hmm. you know, there, there are opportunities, um, I think, to improve the affordability of town overall through this project. It's basic supply uh, and demand. Demand is right. high, supply is low. You want a lower price, you increase supply.
1: And we came through the pandemic where real estate across Nova Scotia, I think finally got close to its real value as opposed to, in, in many ways, investors saw an undervaluation. That's that's yeah. clearly why we saw some money from outside of our province and our country coming towards us. I guess uh, two last things. One, uh, there's some announcement about the wastewater treatment plant. Uh, tell me a bit about what that means in well, in uh, terms of keeping the sewage away from Canada's sailing ambassador.
0: <laughs> well, no, that's, uh, that's great. So uh, part of the project Lunenberg wasn't just about Block Hill or King Street or town-owned lands. We've also upzoned uh, large areas um, of town for growth because we weren't keeping pace with, with demand even before the pandemic here at Lunenburg, which is why the housing crisis here is particularly acute compared to other places. But If you want to increase your housing stock, you also have to be able to service it with things like water and wastewater. And the wastewater system um, was a real bugbear for us. And so we pursued an application under the Investing in Canada Infrastructure Program to uh, uh, get about $10 million. So 2.5 of that is ours and about 7.5 roughly, a little less than that from other levels of government. Um, So we have a major project that we're going to redo the uh, wastewater treatment plant. And that's going to give us a 50 percent increase in capacity um, in order to be able to service uh, more housing. So we're really excited about that.
1: And and just before we leave the overall topic about uh, Lunenburg and, and public satisfaction or dissatisfaction or concern. Uh, last word to you, Mayor Risser, about what's happening and, and where things are going.
0: I think we're in a very positive place. I You know, when you do a lot within a short amount of time, that's certainly going to engender some criticism and some opposition. Um, But uh, we'll, this council will have to submit itself to the judgment of the people as all elected officials do and see how well they think we did.
1: We'll leave it at that. Uh, The mayor of Lunenburg, UNESCO World Heritage Designated Town in Nova Scotia's South Shore, Matt Risser. Thank you, sir.
0: Thank you so much, Sheldon.